This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here we go, Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon for your Thursday. I know it's Hockey Central, but we're kind of excited for football as we've got it back for you. NFL goes tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll have it for you. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, right here on your home of the NFL, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is Hockey Central. We'll start it off uh, for the Gemini group and talk to the one, the only, Peter Labardius. Peter, you know, we're, we're, it's Hockey Central. We're talking football. And we're also talking soccer, also football, I guess. I was uh, I was watching the game there last night, and I thought, well, mm-hmm. how, how is this working for Peter Labardius? Are you con- under control? Are you? How, how do, what does Lou do at a soccer game? How do you? How do you? How do you act? Um, should I be truthful? Yes, we want to hear the truth. Don't lie to us. You want to hear the truth? Okay. So we walk into the stadium, my brother-in-law and I. And, you know, you quickly notice, and it's not surprising with games being played in Toronto, that there's every bit as much blue and white as there is red and white. Um, You know, so there's a lot of El Salvador fans and understanding that it was a really, really important game for Canada. I, uh, Kelly, I was about as wound up as... uh, wound up could be i'm i'm really on this soccer bandwagon right now in a big way it's an it's an exciting time and i didn't know what to do with myself when canada scored twice in the first 11 minutes but i did do a bit of a run up and down the stairs a couple of times after those two goals i can tell you that so um it, it was a great time and if people didn't watch last night I think one of the neatest experiences I've had sporting-wise for a long time occurred um, at the end of the game when the whole Canadian team, there's there's a really unique and awesome group of Canadian soccer fans called the Voyageurs, and they sit at one end of BMO, and they're crazy and singing, and, you know, they never stop. And, And to watch the team go over salute them, celebrate with them, and get into this clap chant that they did with the players actually starting it was uh, was really a unique and, and fun, fun moment. And um, it's going to be interesting as this 14-game qualifying marathon goes on to, to see, you know, just how excited the whole country gets and, you know, our uh, – television side of Sportsnet is going to carry every single one of those games. So it's, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. What now, is it the same kind of atmosphere or different than if you went to like an MLS game in, in Toronto, if, if you can relate it? Um, you know what? I've only been to one MLS game. Uh, you know, a little different based on the night that I went to an MLS game, there's like 26,000 people. Last night was a, a sellout, you know, COVID-wise, um, probably in the neighborhood of 16,000, 15,000. Um, the two atmospheres, Kelly, that I have experienced in the two games that I've been at, Honduras and then last night, El Salvador, um is right up there with some of the best sporting atmospheres I've been around for a long time. Really? Well, that's cool. Yes. Uh, it, looked, yes. it looked cool on TV, so I was just going to yeah. get your reaction to it. Uh, and it was funny, on our after our hit, uh, you know, Logan and I you know, do another segment, and, and just like that, we get some uh, 
we get some action with the Calgary Flames as they yes. announce uh, an RFA signing and a UFA signing. Um, w- maybe we'll start with uh, with Brad Richardson, who, uh, you know, a veteran guy who's been around, obviously won a Stanley Cup, played with a bunch of teams with Nashville mm-hmm. a little bit last year. Um, there is no ambiguity about what kind of player this guy is and what his role is going to be and, and if he's a Daryl player, because obviously, you know, there's that connection there. Give me your thoughts on, on you know, we talked about slotting. I think we know where he's going to slot, but he's maybe a guy that might have some more upside that, that maybe, you know, the casual fan maybe doesn't know about. Well, I, you know, in terms of where he slots, I, I think, Kelly, right off the bat, you're looking at somebody who probably finds himself in a fourth-line center role. You find someone who's going to be probably part of um, a couple of penalty-killing units. He's a guy on the left side that you can use to win face-offs. He's always been a very, very good player in that category. We talked yesterday on the show about you know a player you can trust because you know who he is, what he's all about, and what he brings to the table. Um, you remember a few years ago, you know, in Arizona when he was there, he had that big, you know, twenty goal season where he really went off. Now that's that's not the kind of scenario that he's going to be in with the Calgary Flames, but I don't know. Here's here's what I would say to you after that signing, and you think about Trevor Lewis being signed, um, Kelly. I don't know how many battles we're going to have at training camp. Well, that, I, I think it's I think it's almost signed, sealed, and delivered when you think about who's there, you know, the type of one-way contracts mm-hmm. that are signed. Um, obviously, with the moves they've made, they've gone, you know, more veteran in nature, which is fine. But, you know, we talked yesterday about slotting. I, I, I don't see a lot of positions up for grabs. And that that's a great segue because I wanted to ask you about that and and just on the on the other side of that coin, what does that say to guys like Adam Rajitska, Glenn Godden, Matthew Phillips, those types of guys? Is it uh, their their chances of of cracking the lineup? I think got a little tougher, but maybe that's well, it's the NHL and it should be tough to make a team and nothing's ever given to you. But I'm wondering what what's going through their heads right now and and what the Flames brass are telling those young guys like it's. You know, it's it's obviously a different philosophy right now, and 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 I don't know if it's if, if it's particularly bad news for those guys or just you better work harder news. I, where do you come out on that? Well, where I come out is is this, and that is if you're gonna unseat one of those veterans, you're gonna have to play great, and you know I think that the door is potentially open for some of the people that you just talked about. And again, Kelly, you know, we're not even at main camp yet. We know it's a long year and lots happens. And who knows what might even happen, um, you know, prior to main camp. You know, it's not signed, sealed, and delivered on on potential moves or signings or where you might go. But, um, you know, I remember very early in Daryl's tenure back with the team. And... You know, there is no doubt about it, and, and I get why. And, and that is, you need to earn it. And, and, you know, you need to be an upgrade. And I think, given the opportunity um, to unseat people, and, and they'll get some of those opportunities, but you've got to take full advantage because, 
you know, you have you have veteran people who have been there, done that, and so it's going to be really, really interesting to see just how that plays itself out. And there's going to be lots of opportunity, obviously, in the preseason because you play eight preseason games. So you know, we're we're going to get lots of looks at some of those people, and and some looks too at, at two guys I'm I'm curious about, not maybe necessarily ready to make the team, but. You know, in, in Jacob Pelche and Connor Zeri, Kelly, I, I think, you know, in talking about some of the prospects, and, you know, Ruzicka just helped Slovakia earn their way into the Olympic Games again in qualification, and, and, and I watched a couple of those games, and, you know, I thought he played well at a couple of goals in one of them. So, you know, it's attainable, but when you start signing people to one-year deals, and, and it looks to me like they have very specific roles in mind when you do it, don't you think that it's going to yeah. be difficult? And Because I think it is. Yeah. No, we're chatting with Peter Labardius. It is Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Kelly Kirsch, and, and Logan Gordon. Um, okay, well, this is the interesting part about this. You know, we, you start thinking, because you don't know what's next, right? No. You, you, you don't know what, what's coming next, and, and you don't know... And, and by the way, you know, the way it starts and the way it finishes doesn't necessarily mean, um, uh, you know, because there's injuries, there's trades, mm-hmm. uh, there's guys who, you know, don't play as well as you thought you were going to, and you can send guys up and down. My, my thing, and you and I have talked about this on and off the air, is right. I, I always think, like, when you, your draft year, and people always, you know, we immediately, you know, put a grade on somebody's draft, which is kind of dumb until you do it five years ago, f- five years after the fact, but I always say, like, each year you should have somebody from a draft class break through and either, work, you know, make it part-time or full-time. And so, I mean, that's, that's what the really good teams do. They, they graduate guys, and, and they move them along, and they develop them. And I'm just wondering if that's a situation where maybe that is going to take a bit of a back seat right now to the way Daryl wants the team to be set up with guys that have proven themselves in the league time and time again. And in the case of, you know, Richardson, it's, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's played a long time. Um, but I'm just wondering if that's the detriment to the big picture of developing your own people. Well, it's, it's, it's a bit of a catch-22. And I think what it all boils down to is, you know, when you have your conversations in the summertime and you think about your team and you assess everything, this lineup, if indeed, and, and we don't know, you know, I mean, obviously I don't know exactly what they're thinking or what kind of opportunities are going to be given to certain people. But I know in chatting with Daryl during the course of last season, you know, he really felt like they were half a goal each way from being in a way better position. And, you know, how good that position can be that can make a significant difference. Um, you know, we talked yesterday, too, about the defense and, and your ability to defend people. Well, you know, with veteran, responsible guys who, you know, aren't as likely to probably make more mistakes, your chances probably of, of cutting down those situations are better, too. And when you defend better, guess what else happens? You get more opportunities the other way. So it's hard for me not to look at what's happened this summer and kind of analyze it in the sense that 
they feel like last year they very much underachieved. Yep. Well, for sure. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're chatting with Peter Labardius in his Hockey Central. I'm Kelly Kirsch. He is Logan Gordon. I know, Logan, we uh, we were kind of talking about Connor Mackey and when maybe that was going to happen, and sure enough, it happened on, on this very show, the, the timing yeah. of it, the release came out. So your your, uh, your assessment of where the decor, we just we did the, our, our slotting for the decor last time, but now with that final piece, I guess we kind of know where things are at. Yeah, to me, it was funny, Lou, it seems as soon as we spent some time talking yeah. about Mackie, then as soon as the, the news comes down, and I think a, a two-year co- two contract, excuse me, makes a lot of sense for Mackie at this point. I think the organization has liked what they've seen for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes his way to, you know, close to regular ice time for this team. And we talked about even that separation between a guy like him and, and Valimaki. You know, you both of them with, you know, limited NHL experience, but Mackie being a couple years older, going the NCAA route and, you know, spending the last year and a bit just around pro hockey. We talked to him yesterday, and this was a guy that loved everything Daryl said, liked the expectation, and was ready to ride that into a, a full NHL season this year. And I think that the contract fits that. And I, to me, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. I feel like this is a guy ready to take that step on the blue line, and they're going to need somebody to help eat some of those minutes that they, they lost with Mark Giordano. Well, again, Logan, even the type of contract they signed him to says that he's going to be a regular part. You know, unless I missed it yesterday, uh, I don't I don't see a two-way deal there. I see a one-way deal. No, I saw one way, yeah. And so, you know, again, that makes all the difference in the world. And so... You know, it, it would be hard to imagine that he's not going to be one of the seven guys that they carry. And I know for a fact they like him. Um, I think he really benefited last year from all the responsibility and time that he spent with Stockton and, you know, in a key role of playing 20, 20 plus minutes in every single situation. I mean, that's what development is all about. And, um, you know, I love the way he skates. He's we talked about it yesterday. He's got some edge. And I think for him, it's it's just time. So, you know, you don't make that kind of a commitment to him if you don't feel like you don't want him to be a part of it. You know, Oliver Shillington signed a new deal, but guess what? That's not a one-way deal, is it? Yeah, I mean... This is I, we were going to get into the slotting of the forwards, but I think we'll do that tomorrow, Lou, because that's a little bit more of a topic. We got to dig into that a little bit, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that. And and uh, it's I'm, I'm curious to think where you're going to slot lines two and three. <laughs> I'll be looking for a little little uh, little you, tease. You, for you might be surprised at line one. Oh well, there we go. There's some <laughs> foreshadowing. A professional radio tease for all you kids you listening go. at MRU. Um, or you might not. Uh, Will Nault, working hard in the next room, gave us a little factoid that uh, maybe you saw on social media. Eight years ago today, Mika Kippersoft retired. Like, where does the time go, for one? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, Kelly, as far as Mika is concerned, and, and I don't say this lightly, I cannot tell you in my time in Calgary what a privilege it was to watch him go about his business on an everyday basis. Um, I know he isn't always 
held in the same esteem, I don't think, as others. But I put him personally right in that category. You know, I put him right in that, maybe not the Jerome category, but not a very large step down. You know, what what I saw him do when I arrived in 2008 until, you know, 2013 was just, spectacular goaltending that gave your team an opportunity every single night. Um, You know, there were very few bad nights. It was a pleasure to watch him go about his craft. And, you know, we all know he he was a very quiet guy, didn't have a lot to say, but he had a lot to say when it mattered most and playing the position that he played. So um, I just, you know, I just, Every chance I get, I just want to chat about that and celebrate him because the work he did that I saw with my own two eyes on an every night and every day basis was, uh, needless to say, very impactful. Might be worth a bit of a, a YouTube search to have a look at some of the some of the Kipper greatness, the Scorpion oh. uh, say, tail save, and and all the it's things. A long highlight reel. Well, and the thing is, and and I like most fans and and people who follow the team media types, you know, we didn't really know much about Mika. And then I got to know the guys who were on that team with him, you know, the Rat Warners and Robin Regeers and Corey Sarges, and they would just rave about what a team guy he was and what a great teammate he was. He just wasn't really cool speaking English in in public. But that should never uh, jade anybody because he was all about, you know, being a teammate and all for one kind of thing. And uh, people always said maybe that's why I didn't like the shootout because it was an individual thing on a team sport. But it, it's true, Lou, and, and what, what I've gleaned from, from guys that knew, knew him in, in a different way is he was all about team and he was all about you know, that camaraderie and, and, and that kind of thing. And maybe people didn't see that, obviously. Yeah, well, he just he didn't really let you see that side, and that was fine. Um, but I can't imagine, and, and I've heard it, needless to say, you just referred to it, do you think any of those guys would have wanted anybody else in that situation during their time with the team? Not a chance. Yeah, helping out they in the back. They trusted like, yep. him. Yep, they played. They knew he was going. Yeah, they knew he was going to give them their best. I'll, I'll share one quick story because it's for whatever reason one game that I was involved in and called that I'll never forget. Um, the, the Flames were in Detroit, and Detroit were still, you know, Detroit. Um, and it was no fun going into the Joe Lewis. And in the first period, Detroit had four or five power plays. And they had 26 shots on goal. It was either 26 or 28. And the score was like 1-1 at the end of the first. And, you know, the Flames ended up winning at 5-4. Jamie Lundmark ended up scoring the winning goal. But, Kelly, that first period is is one of the greatest goaltending periods on display I've ever seen. It should have been eight. It was one. And, and yeah. you know, so many nights. In, in fact, and I've stated this on this show, you know, Mika was so good for so long that I wouldn't say that he – hamstrung the team sometimes but you know because he put you in every single game and every situation you know you wonder sometimes if you didn't have somebody that good 
had the, had the direction of the team gone maybe in a bit of a different way. Oh, for sure. And you talk about that barrage in Detroit. And, oh. and, and typical Kip style, he would have just, you know, put his mask up, splash some water on, put it back mm-hmm. down. He's like, all right, what are we doing now? Okay, we'll, we need to get another one, boys. It's just the way he was. So, yeah, eight oh. years ago today, Mika Kiprasov uh, retired. Just, it, it blows your mind, Lou, because I, as I look at it, his first year when he got acquired you know, with the Flames, they will go in the long run, 38 games with the Flames. Every year after that, except for his last year, 74 games, 74 games, mm-hmm. 76, <laughs> 76, <laughs> 73, 71, and 70. Guys don't do that anymore. I, I no. cannot imagine a guy that does that in the NHL. Yeah, they play anywhere back to back to that. They, and he yeah. was in there every night, give you a chance to win every. It was unbelievable. We will probably never see a guy do that again. No, no, yeah. you won't. Yeah. Um, you know, things would have to change. And, you know, when you think about that position and you think about what it's been like after Mika to get to the point where it's probably in its best shape as a starter now with Jacob Markstrom since then, talk about an incredible luxury to have. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yeah. Put yeah. that position in pen every like night. for that many games. You just right off the top out of 82, you said 70 to 74. We have our guy. We wouldn't trade him for anybody. He gives us a chance every single night. Yeah. I That's mem- quite a luxury. I remember Grey Cup Sunday, Rob Kerr and I were doing a – uh, a, a live on location, and that news came down. And went, who's this guy? Who's the goalie? You know, oh my god, yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, a, a couple things. I we're not going to get to. I had a few other things, but we'll just we'll wait. You know, because we're just getting warmed up, Lou. We got lots we have of time. time. But I do want to. Um, I want to kind of tease the fact that uh, Lou's mailbag is coming back. We're going to change the name because you know, okay. you know, it's going to be something something a little cooler than that. But the prize, Peter's mailbag. No, we're getting. No, really, we're, I don't like no, the word okay. mailbag. Okay. That sounds stupid. So, and and it was me that came up with it. So, <laughs> so I, <laughs> you are the boss. So yeah. So it's like yeah, hard to argue uh, with you, the Mary you, Lou. Yeah. You, usually, when it's a, he can a, call it whatever he wants. <laughs> when it's a great idea, I go, oh boy, I'm banging on that one. And if it's a bad idea, I used to blame uh, Rob Kerr. And well, now it's Steinberg, I guess. But you know, whatever. But we are bringing it back. We've got tickets to give away, lower bowl seats, and yes. The restaurant that made uh, the mailbag so yeah. famous is back too. So Thank that God. is uh, the details on that. I think we launched it week after next. So keep okay. that in mind for you hockey central uh, listeners on Fridays. Your chance to win with the one and only Peter Labardius. Lou, we're gonna let now. Well, tonight's just another night. You just gonna watch Jays or what's football? What's maybe. Uh... I'm going to share tomorrow what I'm doing oh, tonight. It's another tease. Like you, yes. you must it, listen to it. And it is not sports related. Really? Yes. Really? Huh. Okay. Yeah. Kelly, you're married. You know yeah. how it goes. Oh, I know you're. You're doing something. Taking up the garbage. Yeah. There you go, boys. No, it's it's gonna. He's gonna get no, dragged off to something. Up the garbage. Yeah, it'll be something. It's like, oh, sure, we can do that. Have you ever heard of the Toronto Film Festival? Yes, I have, and I've always wanted to go. Always, well, I believe. Yes, I am on my way. I'll sh- should I share it now? Are you on the red carpet tonight? I'm not. On what the movie phone. are you starring in, Lou? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does Lou think? Yeah. <laughs> it's Love it's that a movie. green carpet, and nobody knows where it is. <laughs> um, 
Yes, I'm uh, my lovely wife and my stepdaughter and her lovely friend, Grace. We are currently on our way to the TIFF premiere of world premieres, Nancy just uh, corrected Uh me, of Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. What is that? Well, Dear Evan Hansen is uh, a play and a musical that was on Broadway and had an incredible run, which I've also seen a couple of times, and now they've turned it into a movie. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, give us a full rundown tomorrow. I'm not sure I'm, I'm, sure I'm going to do that. It's a, it's a coming-of-age uh, stage musical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and it's a and it's a heck of a musical. I will say that. All right. Well, we'll check in with that tomorrow. We'll do some slotting and a whole bunch more to, to get everybody into their weekend. <laughs> Have a great Thursday night, Lou. Uh, thank you, guys. There we go, Pilabardius from the Gemini Group, right here on Hockey Central. Yeah, I guess I I asked I asked for it because I asked him about it and he knew all about the yeah. movie. Like, there you go. All right. Oh my goodness, it is Hockey Central at noon. We got a live show. The return of Patrick Steinberg. Who? He is back. He is, uh, well, I've been signing his paychecks, but he hasn't been here for a while. So, I mean, that's a, Tell good, me about de- it, that's yeah. a good deal. But, yeah, we are live on location. We wanted something special for his return. So we thought, you know, how about uh, get out there, do a live show. So the boys will be at the tap room at Wild Rose. We'll start that at 2 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, and then tomorrow at Adrenaline Source of Sports. So the boys will be busy for sure. We'll hear from uh, the newly renewed, re-upped, Pierre Dorian from the Ottawa Senators next, right here on Hockey Center. Hockey Central continues on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon making way for the big show and the return of Patrick Steinberg live on location for Wild Rose Brewery as we uh, get out into YYC this fall. Looking forward to it. The guys are live today. At Wild Rose, the Tap Room, and the Curry Barracks, and tomorrow on McLeod Trail South at Adrenaline Source for Sports as the big show goes live. It must be the fall. We've got Blue Jays playing tonight, and uh, the way those games go, Logan, uh, we might be able to join it in progress at the conclusion because I know the uh, the NFL starts uh, an hour and a half later, but uh, when the Yankees play, it doesn't matter who they play, those games go on forever. And they did last night, what, quarter yeah. after nine by the yeah. time they got her done? Yeah, it was almost 10 o'clock before that thing finished up. And it wasn't any huge scoring innings, you know, no. those long ones where they, they just bat take their through. time. No, they just take their sweet time with it. I guess the pace of play rules don't always apply at Yankee Stadium. But no. uh, I think the Jays don't really care how long the games go as long as they keep winning them like this. Yeah, so. it was huge. And we talked about, hey, they got to win three of four. They've done that already. Now their chance to win four of four with a – with a big series coming up against the Baltimore Orioles, a team that's been a disaster this year. Well, you know, they if they can win tonight, they got Barrios going, and then who knows against Baltimore that we, you know, this time next week, we might be having a different conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Now, before we get to uh, Pierre Dorian, uh, of course, it was the uh, the big uh, draft yesterday, and you you were pretty confident. You were had that, that yep. quiet confidence. I felt better, yep. Yeah, so how do you think your team went? We had the reviews of the of the morning show, including Rhett's uh, auto-picked uh, team, which looks like it's it's guaranteed to be a bit of a bit of a dud. But how would you say your team uh, stacks up this year? I mean, it's it's early. I feel okay. Yeah, it is early, and and look, you can't you know, the team that I have now won't be the team I finish with. Yes. But I feel okay. 
Uh, 10th out of 14 picks. I'm okay with that. That was a decent spot. There's a snake draft, yes. right? So, okay, yeah, so, so you got the second pick yeah, right away. You don't want to be too high or too low. So, for me, it gave me a good spot in the second round. I like my running backs because the problem with this league when you got 14 guys in any fantasy league, whether it's hockey or, or football or anything like that, is your list of free agents is so slim at any position. So I, I tried to load up on some running backs, took a chance on a couple of young guys. I feel okay. Uh, week one starting tonight, we'll get a chance to see how the boys do, and I'll, I'll go from there. But, yeah, it felt good. It was good to get away and yeah. and do it with the guys. We didn't get to do it last year. We had to all do it on our computers at home last year. So Did you go the Rhett Warner route and get two kickers? I did not. I no. only took one kicker. <laughs> uh, I figured I can only play one, so I don't need to go through that daily decision. You know what I mean? Oh, man, Sunday, should I put the Rams guy in? Or what about the Buffalo guy? Yeah. But uh, What to do? Yeah, I think he also took two defenses. Uh, I don't know if that's a load-up strategy yeah. from him. but We'll see how that goes. It's a bold one. It's very interesting. <laughs> They'll look forward to that. Never seen a guy log in on like round five of a draft to pick a kicker and then leave for the rest of the yeah. night. Yeah, that was pretty much what Rhett v- did. Very interesting mo yeah. on that from Rhett Warner. So we'll see how that goes. All right, um, lots to talk about. Of course, we do have the the big show set at two o'clock. We'll go NFL tonight at six. As uh, yeah, it's been. It seems like it was just yesterday that the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, but yet there was a big long off season mm-hmm. with signings and drafts and free agency, and now here we go. Looking forward to it, and we're gonna have a bunch of NFL games on this on this radio station. So I think we have more than we've ever had before. So that's good because this is a bit of an NFL town, Calgary is. I can tell you that right now. So we'll be following that along. Uh, it is Hockey Central, so let's get back to the, uh, the sport that we cover. Uh, we'll be all over the Flames training camp, the rookie camp, that kind of stuff. Preseason game is on a couple of weeks uh, Sunday. So that's, it's coming up on us pretty quick here. Um, the Flames obviously did some some work yesterday as they – Signed UFA free agent Brad Richardson and also re-upped with their uh, their RFA, Connor Mackey. So that's been done and you know, still wondering about, you know, an extension for Johnny Gaudreau. Haven't heard about that. And uh, is there anything else going on? What's the story with Jack Eichel? I mean, people have been thinking about that scenario. How, how does that work? I think the asking price must be exorbitant right now. So Jack is just hanging out right now so we're not nothing to talk about just yet uh a, a team that's been uh a thorn in the side of the flames last year to put it mildly were the ottawa senators everybody thought ha got eight nine games of them we're gonna beat them every time not so fast a young team that did really really well and they're you know they've had lots of ups lots of downs mostly downs but it looks like maybe they're starting to change things a little bit which is cool Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Pierre Dorian was a, a guest on a, on a show at our sister station. Yeah, he joined the boys on uh, leadoff earlier today talking about that extension, a long-term one that puts him through 2024, 2025 at a minimum and a club option past that, and uh, probably a due reward for a guy that's gone through some hard times with this team, and yeah, we'll probably get to see some of the fruits of his uh, return on that, and I uh, spoke about all of that and uh, just the process in Ottawa of getting this done and what he's looking forward to from this team. He said when he signed the extension that uh, the rebuild is over in Ottawa. Uh, the guys in leadoff asked him about all that uh, and a lot more. There's Pierre Dorian, the Ottawa Senators general manager from earlier today. Well, Pierre, I mean, this must be a nice, uh, you know, nice period of time for you. Um, 
the owner of the hockey team, Eugene Melnick. I mean, he brings in Pierre Maguire, so you're working with a, a longtime hockey guy, and you ink for yourself a contract extension that's going to take you really through to the middle of this decade at, at the very least. It's It's been a grind over the last few years. You guys have changed course, really raised it, and are now trying to build it back up. It must be significant for you to have this commitment from the Senators. No, it's great, and, you know, I... I I personally thank Eugene Mellon for putting the faith in me and at, the, at his head of hockey operations, our whole group. Uh, you know, we made good additions. Uh, we got a great coach in DJ Smith. Uh, adding Pierre Maguire with his knowledge of hockey is something that was really a, a bonus for us. Uh, you know, we suffered over the last few years. And the biggest reason we did the rebuild is when Eugene and I sat together in Barbados quite a few years ago, um, it was we didn't want to be a team. You know, uh, the Sens for the previous five years were a team that made the playoffs one year, missed it for two, made it two years in a row. We had that stretch run, and we just said we want to be a team that when the you know when the puck drops at the you know right uh, opening game, we want to be a team that no matter what we're in the playoffs. And making the playoffs is not easy, but we wanted to have that consistency. We knew we'd have to have a few lean years and a few tough years, but we wanted to build that core up, and we think we've done that right now. Uh, we still got a few pieces that have to, you know, that, that are in college or in Europe that we need that need to step in our lineup. But we feel that, you know, uh, that we're definitely trending up right now. I want to ask you about the performance of Tim Stutzel last year. Obviously, all the hype of him coming in and had a pretty good season. Uh, how did you evaluate his rookie season and what do you expect out of him uh, this coming year? Well, we were really impressed with his rookie season, coming in, stepping in the NHL in the men's league at 18 years old, and being able to do what he was, uh, what he did, it was you know pretty special. Uh, as far as overall his season, there, there were lulls during the season. There were times where you saw that he was an 18 year old boy, but at other times you saw flashes of brilliance, and you said, "Wow, this guy ha- has the potential to be a superstar in this league." Uh, just with his skill set, uh, with his hockey sense, with his a playmaking ability with his speed, with his shot, and on top of that, he competes and he cares. You know, he, he took things to heart that you wouldn't think an 18-year-old who just goes back home and plays video games, like you could tell that he t- took things to heart. I remember there was one, probably our worst defeat in the year. I think he was minus four in the third period, and he, he really took it tough. And DJ did such a good job. He didn't put him out there. Not that he wanted to bench him, but he just for his development, he knew that maybe he shouldn't go out there anymore. Pierre Dorian is uh, with us on leadoff Sportsnet 590, the fan. You got a lot of young talent. Uh, Stutzel is, is at or near the top of the list. I mean, you've secured Drake Batherson on a uh, long-term deal at a, at a pretty team-friendly number if he continues to develop as, as you expect. Brady Kachuk is still out there. And Pierre, you know you're talking to Leafs fans here on on uh, listening to the fan right now. So nobody's going to mind if if he's a day late uh, to training camp. Um, <laughs> a day late to the start of the regular season. I know you'll mind. I know you'll mind. You want him in the full. But... But <laughs> I think I might use that. I think I'm going to put the agent. Lee yeah, would be really yeah. unhappy hey, if he P- didn't show up. So hey, Pierre, uh, we used to joke about this. I lived up there for a decade. You know that. I mean, it it it, it revolves around how the blue and the white feel. Uh, that in this province, that's just what you're going to get. Of course, you're getting it from the Montreal side as well. But w- where exactly are things with Brady Kachuk today? And are you confident 
that he will be signed and secured when training camp starts? Well, we're not going to really talk about it too much in public. Uh, we have had really positive talks. Uh, are we confident that he'll be signed by the time camp starts? Yes. Uh, you know, this is uh, these negotiations aren't always easy, and uh, not that they're not easy. They, they take a bit more time. And uh, hopefully, when we make uh, next time you guys bring me on the show, we'll be able to announce a Brady Kachuk contract. Well, I was going to ask the hard. I thought I was going to ask the hard hitting questions. I was going to bring up if you've uh, hired a face off coach yet. I get, I get a I get a hard time from my co host here, Scotty. I. That's what I was known for in the NHL and a penalty killer. And he's like, how hard is it to win a face-off? And I said, whoever, I never pretty, asked you pretty, that. It's, pretty, it's huh. pretty tough. Okay. Um, just wondering if you guys need a face-off coach. I'm available. I was 65% the one year in, in Phoenix. And <laughs> my co-host gives me a hard time all the time. He's like, how hard is it to win a face-off? And I was like, you have no idea. It's the game in the game. And it's, it's something that you don't really think about when you have it. But when you don't have it, it becomes a bit of an issue. Uh, I'm all I'm kind of kidding around, but uh, yeah, my co-host is like, "How hard is it to win faceoffs?" I'm like, "Well, ask Pierre. Like, how much? How important is it at the end of a game to have that guy you can kind of put out there that you have confidence in?" Well, it's so hard, and it's an underrated skill in the game, and it's something that we talk internally so much about. Like DJ, when he's putting out his penalty killing units or his faceoff units. Uh, obviously, when we have a power play, we can choose a side. Like, well, people don't realize how difficult it is going up against Patrick Bergeron on his mm-hmm. strong side to win a faceoff. It's almost one of the toughest. It, yeah. it, 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 and then you have other guys on their on left shots that you go up against them, and it's almost as difficult. And in our division, we got some pretty good faceoff guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, especially the division we're going into, and Leafs fans can attest to that too. That you know, you go up against certain guys, and you don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it, on their strong side; it's impossible. So, it's something that we looked at. Josh Norris definitely improved through the year. Nick Paul is good on his left side. Obviously, last year when we had Derek Stepan, he was really streaky, but he really got it going on his strong side. So, it's it, it's. It's an art form, and I, I don't want to bring personal things into anything, but my son's a center, and it's it, I, at the end of the game, I don't talk to him about points. I talk to him about two things, work ethic and face-offs. So mm-hmm. that's from a GM in the NHL who cares about his kid that talks to him about, did you work your hardest? How did you do on your face-offs? So. Well, as... as- Ziggy's agent, um, he is available for one-on-one <laughs> training as well. He'll, you rent the ice, you pay, he'll work on it with your kid or, or, yeah. or anybody else. So with Pierre Dorian, uh, Senator's GM on leadoff, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, I understand that you know, you're not going to comment on the goings-on involving uh, another team or, or two other teams, as the case may be, but do you just sort of sit back with your popcorn and watch with amusement and intrigue? I mean, this... This Jesperi Kakaniemi situation did affect a team in the Atlantic Division. In your division, Pierre, um, did you watch with fascination as that played out? Uh, watched. Uh, you know, those are the rules. Uh, the CBA's in place. Uh, the 32 owners have agreed to it. And the NHLPA's agreed to it. And you use rules. And whatever came of the Ajo one, did it affect the Kakaniemi one? Uh, how all went about, you know, I got tremendous respect for Don Waddell, Tom Dundon, Jeff Molson, and um, Mark Bergevin. And they, they used the rules, and, you know, we just sat back and 
you know, since it's federal election time, I'm going to answer. I answered that like a politician. <laughs> We're not going to ask you who you're voting for. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what did you think of the all-Canadian division last year? Was it uh, a little bit of a too much of the same teams you're seeing and, you know, the th- playing the Leafs three times in a week? What would you make of that? or And are you happy kind of go back the way things were uh, prior to th- this past season? Uh, definitely happy going the way things were yeah. previous season. And, and no, no offense, but hockey is everything in Canada. And every game, 56 game, every game was magnified times twice. It always had a playoff feeling from the get first game. And having a young team, it was going to be tough for us. I don't think anyone picked us to be in the playoffs last year. But what it did for us as a team is that every game really was magnified, meant more, and it prepared us for this season. It prepared us for the challenges. It prepared us for going up. Like Whoever said you know, this division was stronger than this division. But when you play in can every game in Canada and the media attention that you get and the fan attention that you get, and it's unfortunate that the fans weren't there, it would have been crazy, I think, last year with all, if we could have had just fans in Canada. I think it really prepared us for this upcoming season with all the adversity that we had to face and all the challenges we have to go up against. You know, we're a fairly young team down the middle, and when you go up every night against Matthews, Tavares, McDavid, you know, Dreisaitl played more on the wing. Uh, you get the Bo Horvats, uh, the Sheffields. <laughs> you know, those are top, top-end talents. They're all guys that, you know, should be on the Olympic team or will be on the Olympic team. So you're talking about elite, and you're, then you look at the goaltending, and you look at, you know, you had the Vezina winner. You got Kerry Price, who's arguably one of the best goalies in the league. You look at Markstrom, who's probably a top-end goalie. So you look at that, and you've got to face top goaltending most nights. I think it, it, it really – the Canadian division, I think, if I can say, prepared Montreal to get to the Cup. Whoever was going to get – I told my buddies, whoever's winning the Canadian division is getting to the Cup final. And they were all laughing at me. And I said, no, no, this has been a grind. So – well, you understand in saying that that you might have opened up some wounds that we had trusted had scabbed over in these parts. Uh, just, <laughs> just given the way that Leafs Hab series played out, um, but you turned out to be you turned out to be correct. Uh, last one for you, Pierre. Uh, I mean, you have declared that the rebuild is over and you are into the next steps here. Um, obviously, teams play to make the playoffs and to compete for a Stanley Cup. But from a realistic perspective, if we're to sit down next May, June, whenever, and talk about the 2021-2022 Ottawa Senators season and that it's been successful, what would be the attributes that lead you to what you would define as being a successful season? I think when you talk to other general managers and other coaches in our division last year, they'll tell you that we were one of the toughest teams to play against. I think our goal this year is to be one of the toughest teams to play against and continue that. And DJ's done a great job, but at the same time, get the two points. We just can't be satisfied with bringing a good effort every night. Every every night, we, now we got to start winning games, and that's the way I look at it. We're still a young team. We're still progressing. But my statement about saying the rebuild is over—it's no more excuses about the rebuilds, and, and that goes to our players, our coaching staff, and myself. You know, let's just take the next step as a team, wherever that might be, wherever that takes us. 
and let's start, you know, games that we should have won last year, whatever the reason, we have to win them this year. And that, that I feel, would be a successful season. There you go. Pierre Dorian, general manager of the Ottawa Senators, right here on Hockey Central. It's Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon. Hey, we got some breaking news from the Calgary Hitman. We'll get to it next as uh, we'll wrap up Hockey Central, but uh, a bit of a surprise. We'll get to that next right here on Sportsnet 960. This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Just about ready to wrap things up and throw it down to the tap room for Wild Rose Brewery and the return of Patrick Steinberg and the big show as we go live back-to-back days here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. And name that flame coming up, so that'll be kind of fun. Uh, We have some breaking news, Logan, from the Calgary Hitman with a friend of the programs. Yes, a recognizable name in these parts is joining the Calgary Hitman's coaching staff this season. Matt Stajan, the former Calgary Flame, will be behind the bench as an assistant coach uh, to Steve Hamilton, along with Trent Cassan and goaltending coach Brad Kirkwood to form the coaching staff uh, for this year's Hitman team. Uh, assistant coach Joel Otto relinquishing his role in the coaching staff due to a hip injury uh, that wouldn't allow him to continue providing on-ice instruction. So uh, the Hitman wishing Joel his best. He's been a long-time fixture with that organization. But uh, now a guy that we know well in these parts, especially here on 960, the 37-year-old uh, Matt Stajan going to join the Hitman coaching staff, and it feels like a, a pretty good fit there for Matt and the Hitman. Well, he talked about getting into into coaching and, and wanted to do it, and he's got a young family, so he kind of wanted not to jump into some something crazy and go, you know, way, way away from Calgary. So this is probably just perfect for him. See if he likes it. And those young guys will just absolutely be sponges with a guy that played that long in the NHL. Boys, you want to get to the show? Listen what uh, what Matty has to say because he knows. So how long should we give him before we get him on the air and start grilling him? You're, he goes from Literally, an insider to... Yeah, I'm going to text him pretty quick here. Yeah. So what, what do you know about the Medicine Hat Tigers... Hmm. Penalty kill. So Lethbridge. <laughs> yeah. Tell two us. one two three one. <laughs> What's one? going on? Yeah, what are we doing here, Matt? Start firing <laughs> questions. When you look at the history of the Western Hockey League, where do the Great Falls Americans <laughs> yeah. come in? Yeah, the, the guy from Mississauga, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's see what happens. Just killing him on That's that. That's good. That's I'm I'm really glad for him and and uh, you know and speaking of playing lots in the NHL, Joe Aldo had a lot of a lot of time, a lot of wear and tear on that body. So hopefully he gets better soon. So. You know, the big guy that uh, that needs a little time off, so that's cool because he's been doing that a long time. So as long as I can remember, Joel Otto's been a a fixture on that on that bench before Steve Hamilton was there. Obviously, he's just been a guy that's provided that insight, and it feels like a, a great transition to go from Joel to to Matt, both guys that long time NHL careers yeah. and history with this city specifically, and will be able to give that that insight to the young guys going forward. I think this is just one of those things that. Fits like a glove, especially for stage, and you know it's exactly what he was looking to get into. So, yeah, organization yeah. he knows, he knows everybody in the building already, right? Gonna go in there and start uh, killing his assistant coach. Yeah, and just uh, kick over a garbage can because you know that's the that's yeah. his personality. Yeah, you know, swearing, gonna, carrying on, yeah. peeling the paint. Yeah, we'll expect that probably week number two. And of course, <laughs> yeah. we're you're home for the Calgary Hitman. Uh, I think we got fifty-three games over the air. I think that was my 53. little my little calculation. Working curly there. to the bone. <laughs> there we go. All right, what do you guys got coming up on the ret- for the return show 
of Patrick Steinberg. We got lots NFL kickoff tonight for the regular season. Yes. I'm sure Pat won't mention anything about the Buccaneers and their Super Bowl title from last year. Uh, so we'll get into some of that. Some big NFL news that just came down a little bit ago, too, from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they might have lost their third running back uh, this before the regular season starts. It sounds like Gus Edwards, the latest to go down with a torn ACL. Oh boy. Along with starting cornerback Marcus Peters, both of them suffering bad knee injuries today. So a hit to an AFC contender for sure. We'll get into some of that. Uh, the Stampeders, Bo Levi Mitchell taking all the reps with the first mm-hmm. team today. So it sounds like he's on track to start the Labor Day uh, rematch on Saturday against the Elks. And, of course, uh, we'll catch Pat up on everything that he might have missed over the last month or so and get his reaction to the Flames news we got yesterday with uh, Brad Richardson and Connor Mackey uh, and their deals. Feels like it's busy. Big show and then NFL right here on Sportsnet 960.